Welcome to the northern side of the radio. I'm Amy. I'm Emily, and this is the Northern Odysseans podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be reviewing Dead Ends and A Time for Action Parts 1 and 2. But first, our trivia segment, Who is Eugenius? Welcome back to another segment of Who is Eugenius, where I, Amy, try to stump my dear sister, Emily, uh, with some Odyssey trivia. I don't know where that word was going to go. But anyway, (laughs) so again this week, because I am trying to be creative, we are going to be testing her on her soundtrack knowledge to see if she can guess what these soundtracks are. So... We did. We started this a couple weeks ago, and I'm just looking up. Okay, so for season one, she got a total of 19 points. Season two was a total of 20 points, and season three, we, she got 19 points. So this time we'll be kind of going on season four. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who don't know. Uh, for the first 30 seconds, if she, if she guesses it correctly, uh, she gets five points. And then if it's, uh, between 30 seconds and a minute, she gets four points, so on and so forth. And she only has three guesses. Because we're trying to make this somewhat harder for her. Even though she's done quite well, actually. Okay. So, this week will be season four. Don't know if I said that, but I will say that again. And we will see... If she gets it, I'm just trying to decide which one to start with. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Wait, wait. There we go. Okay, we're going to start with this one. Oh, wait, it might not be turned up. Okay, hold on, hold on. We'll restart that. Legend of Sperry McGurk. Yep, you got that right. <laughs> the music is very distinct. Yeah, I guess that. All right, let's do this one. One more name. Okay, but which part? Part one? Nope. Part three? Nope. <laughs> Part two. Yeah, you got it. And you got it within the first 30 seconds. Congrats. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I need to be more creative with this because she's starting to get it. <laughs> That's a very distinct one, too, though. Yeah, okay. All right, let's do this one. Soundtrack number three. Oh, um... There and back again. Okay, which part? Part one. No. Seriously? Um, I'm not making this easy on you. Uh, part two. Nope. One more guess. Could be right, you could be wrong. You have a 50-50 chance. Yeah, Isn't that from a show? I know. Uh, part... Uh... Part three, but the, that's the bridge between part two and four. It was part three. 
So you got it. Is it? No, I mean. What? Was it the actual part three or the, yes. part, or the part three they put between? No, no, it's parts part three. Because, no, but there's the part between parts two and four. You mean part three? Um, like, like the backstory. The thing from the past. It, all it says on here is there and back again, part three of four. Okay. Okay. So right. that, you were right. Okay. Just it's checking. Like, wait, what? Because part, part two used to have just the bonus part on the end. Oh. So it used to be... Yeah, anyways. Um, Alright, and soundtrack number four. <laughs> That's so generic. Oh. Swept away part one? Yeah, you got it first try. That's very distinct intro music. I can picture this, I can hear this scene. <laughs> Everything is so distinct. Okay, here's... It is! Here's soundtrack number five. Oh. Ah, yes. Finally stumped around something. Not necessarily. (laughs) Unfair game? Yeah, you got it right. Wow! You know what? Ladies and gentlemen, my dear sister Emily has gotten a perfect score of 25 points. Congratulations! Good job. I think I've listened to season four more than any of I was going to say, it's probably the most listened to. It's got a lot of good episodes in it. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly think... I don't actually know which is my most listened to season. I don't know. Maybe as we're going, I'll figure it out. All right. So, Emily, congratulations. You are you genius. And now let's go into our review of Dead Ends. Yep. All right. Our next review in the Leonard Meltzner saga is Dead Ends. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, this is kind of a bridge between, um, two really big episodes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, um... Prisoners of Fear and a Time for Action. Yeah, and it, it starts with Eugene making a very interesting phone call. Oh, yes, to Mr. Meltznoir. Oh, yeah. And, and, like, he gets absolutely nothing out of that, of course. Yep. The dude Except didn't... knowing that, that that Mr. Meltznoir goes off topic multiple times. <laughs> That's about it, though. Yeah. And that his mother needs to put owl odds up. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and then Katrina comes in and... After he gets off the phone, she is like, help, tell Mr. Whitaker, please. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe he hasn't told him yet. Well, I mean, you can kind of understand why, but 
you know, because his reasoning is he doesn't want to burden him with it. Yeah, but who else are you going to tell? Like, yeah, that's true. Like, Wait knows literally everybody. Oh, I know. The jokes that go through that, those, the episodes are so hilarious. He's like, you just happen to know someone in a newspaper in the Congo? Pretty uh-huh. sure that's in the next episode. I know, I know. I wasn't sure if there was any of those lines in this one. Not in this okay, one, I had, but... Like, I had recently just listened to this entire thing back to back on a road trip I took. So everything's kind of mushed together. And I have to say, because, okay, sorry, this is going to be like a side note. In Prisoners of Fear, you know how we were trying to figure out what the thing is? Okay, so they go to the village, then they go into a cave, and then that's where um, Aziz appears, and yes, they don't go anywhere after that. They it's just the thing, di- no, we're talking about the final scene before the falling action. Yes. You're you're thinking too early. Okay, so that one, we were wondering how that last part played out. Yeah. So after they got out of the cave, they went to go back, and they were like, you should come with us to... Um, Yosef. Thank you. Yeah. My mind is blanking. Um, they said, you should come back with us, and he's like, no, like, I'm not, I'm dead to them, like, no. And so then they start to... It wasn't the... Why can't I remember? I was literally sitting there going, I need to remember this because Emily and I were talking about this and we couldn't remember how it ends. No, but they go to... They start walking in the forest and then they meet... Um, what's his face? Gobir. They don't go anywhere else after that. Okay, but... I know it sounds like that. But why does it seem like they're heading towards the bridge when they know the bridge is dangerous? Okay, no, no, they started to head for the uh, dam, but then Yosef, no. Gobir. Gobir appears and threatens them, and so then they make a break for it, and they run to the bridge. But why? They're basically trapped there. You know, I just feel like in the heat of the moment, they're like, let's just try and make it there. Because they don't know that Yosef pulled the wires out. Well, they're still there anyway. So they're basically trapping themselves there. You know what? In the heat of the moment, though, I would do the same thing, okay? Anywho. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was a big side note, but I thought I should explain what I have found. So anyway, um, yeah, so dead ends. Eugene's looking for his father. Sorry, not his parents, just his father. And he decides to call this French guy, and turns out that's a dead end. <laughs> funny how that that's what happens yeah and then katrina comes in says you need to talk to it and so eugene eventually gives in after much debate and didn't they talk about no that was later on so then he goes to wit right yes and he tells wit and And we cut we cut in on that scene on his reaction yeah to that yeah and, and uh, so then Wit, obviously being Wit, was like, well, I'll help you in any way I can. Because he's Wit, and he knows everyone. Yeah. And and Eugene shows him the facts. Yeah. With Leonard's initials at the bottom. Yep. And so Wit's like, okay, I'll, I'll go analysis. Anal- an- an- <laughs> words. Anal- analyze. <laughs> Everything. The facts. Yeah. 
Sorry, that was a lot of words. And Eugene's like, okay, and then... Yeah, he basically says, you know, I was... I'm relieved that I called you. I didn't want to burden you. And which says, no, I'm glad you told me. It's just so cute. And I'm just I love like, that. why? And I'm just like, why did it take you so long? You know what? You know what? As someone who thinks like that, I completely understand why Eugene didn't. And you know what? I'm glad he decided to just get over himself and tell Wit. Yeah. Even if it did take some... Uh, so then what what's then the next scene is what I forget. Oh, the next <laughs> scene is that is him and Katrina in the garage. Yes, cuz he's doing the experiments that he did in his when he was parents bathtub where he ends up melting uh, a hole when, in it. When I was listening to this I said he he says I haven't tried this since I was 6. And Katrina goes, it's amazing you remember a chemical formula you created when you were six. And I said to myself, it's amazing you created a chemical formula when yeah. you were six. <laughs> exactly. Not, not, not remembering the chemical formula. The fact that you created one at six years old. Yeah. So they kind of are talking about his parents. Yeah. And how his father wasn't really happy when Eugene destroyed the bathtub. And well, I mean, I, what parent would be happy about that? <laughs> now I have to buy a new bathtub. And he had to fix a hole in the ceiling. We find out in another episode that the bathtub actually completely disappears. Really? Yes. I don't remember that, but okay. It's in a flashback in a new era. Oh, that's why, because that's the three-part episode I did not get to. Um, yeah, so, there's that, and then... And then it actually does eat through whatever container he's using. And the table. Yeah. So, they deal with that. Yeah. And fortunately, they have water there. <laughs> yeah. To stop the chemical reaction, which is good. I hope Eugene was wearing gloves. He must have been. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and then... What's the next scene? It's Eugene and Wit, right? I believe so, yeah. Because don't they... They find out that, that somebody else wrote for Eugene Nelson at the top yeah. of the facts. The guy from so they the, were talking the to... The guy from the missions organization. Around the world missions. Name's Martin. I don't know what his last name is. I don't think That's we okay. ever find out. I don't think we need to know. But, um... Martin. And so he says that he wrote... For Eugene, Eugene Meltzner at the yeah. top, so his so they so basically his dad never asked for him, and mm. Eugene is thinking, well, so he has no he he's not he doesn't know anything about me he's not looking for me, and kind with, of comes with, to a dead and, end. And what's no, but what's like, what would you do if you were in his shoes? And Eugene goes, I would try to find my son. <laughs> And he basically, like, well. he basically just spirals out of control. Yeah. Be, because he's like, you would go looking for your son if he went missing. What's up with my dad? He doesn't want to find me. Hasn't Wit gone looking for... No, I don't think there is an episode like that. Where Wit goes to look for Jason when he goes missing. Ah, uh, 28 hours. Well, yeah, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> No, but, oh, okay, yes. yeah, but... Yes. No. 
spoilers, although we already talked about that, so. Yeah. Anywho, um, so the next scene, Eugene is leaving, He he's talking to Katrina, and he's about to leave for his foster parents' house. Right. And then we get to the foster parents. So then we get to meet who raised him from the time his parents, quote-unquote, passed away, or... Until, until... I guess I, he moved out to go to college. Yeah. So um, 12? <laughs> yeah, I don't so know. So from like 7 to 12? Something like that. Although, okay, I'm sorry, the math in there does not add up. Because then they say like, because, um, what's his we face? We had to eat barley and water grandma for 10 years. Yeah, and I was like, wait, okay, how long okay, was he living with okay, you? Okay, but I figure, okay, I figure he was probably commuting. Yeah, I was wondering about that. But I'm like, doesn't he talk about in other episodes? Because he couldn't drive for, like... Well, yeah, no, I know that. But I thought in, like, other episodes he's talked about his his college experience, and it kind of sounded like he lived on campus. But I could be wrong. At 13? Yeah. As a minor, do you really think he would have been allowed to live on campus at 13? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, okay, anyway, so then so we meet the, the Burnettes. And Frank, Frank and Maddie. You kind of tell that Maddie is the type of mom that if you are hungry, you will get food. And <laughs> ample amount of it. Yes. And, um, and, um, 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 and Frank's like, well, you know what? Can you fix you know, this? Can no, you? no, but first she says, I told you we didn't have to hide the car. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of um, find out a little bit about Eugene and how what he was like and how... His favorite temperature was sixty eight. Yeah, I and don't. Then, I don't know what that is in Celsius. I think I looked it up once, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> no, but sixty eight is cold. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember like we would we would um, use Fahrenheit for our our pool outside and right, we, it had to right, be right, like right. 75 to 80 for us to go in so 68 was cold because it was an above ground pool guys yeah yeah we're not we were not rich <laughs> <laughs> no we were not um but we did well anyway um yeah so 68 i know is cold yes um, and eugene's like and he's like I actually prefer to tan warmer these days. Yeah. She's like, go for the thermostat. The boy is freezing in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can tell she's a mom who, like, must make sure that everyone is comfortable, has enough to eat, and if they are not hungry, they will be hungry soon, and to make uh-huh. more food. <laughs> she's she's a version of uh, Oma. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then we kind of learned more about Eugene's His favorite food as a kid was organic barley vegetable soup with a side of celery sticks. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this? And apparently he tried to order that at Burger Barn. (laughs) Who is this child? I love that. Like, you couldn't bake it in vegetable soup as a kid. Yeah, but we also were the type of kids to, if there was a plate of vegetables in front of us, we would down it. Excuse me. Yeah, as long as it wasn't celery, I still ate, I still ate celery. I hate radishes. I never understand people who can eat radishes. Yeah, I don't like those either. (laughs) 
Our our grandparents would put place a plate of vegetables in front of us before dinner. Our oma and opa. Yeah, and they would they would put radishes on the plate, and then they're like, "Oh, do you like radishes?" I was like, "Heck no, those suck." I don't understand people who can do it because they're they're. I don't know if you call them spicy. Yeah, but. they are spicy. They're in the same, and I know onions are not spicy, but I put would put them in the same family as onions because I can't handle onions. I love onions. Anyway. Anyway, this, that was Vegetable Corner. <laughs> okay, sorry. Our parents came home and opened up the garage door. So, yeah. Didn't, uh, yeah. So, anyway, we'll just continue from here. Um, so, oh, yeah, to move on. So, then Eugene talks to them about the fact that he's married now. And yeah, kind of gives them all an update. No, she's in the kitchen. He's talking to Frank. Oh, yeah, okay. So he gives he gives him an update. They talk about it. And he, <laughs> no, like he says, I'm sorry we couldn't make it. I had that procedure done. And Eugene goes, well, your ears look very similar now. <laughs> Which, what? <laughs> Something tells me that was a uh, an excuse. Like, I know he actually got them done, but I feel like it was just an excuse. Oh, and then he's like, so, Katrina, is she like you? It's <laughs> like, yes. What do you mean? What's wrong with him? And, um, then, and then he wants him to look at his DVD player and that. He goes, don't make him do that. He's not cheap labor. And that's when he says, we had to eat barley and watch our grandma for ten years. We gotta get something out of this relationship. We had to eat barley and watch our grandma for ten years. Which, he says he's kidding. But I'm kind of like... He doesn't sound like he's that's kidding. That's mean. That's just a little bit mean. <laughs> but then the next scene, they're all good. And I'm like... <laughs> and then, so then they talk about Eugene's childhood. And... They something about the trophy. So then it makes them go up to the attic to see if they still have the trophies because and other things. Well, yeah, because he was. I just think it's funny how um Frank was like, "Yeah, I needed a place for my barbell collection," and I was like, "Why are they up in the attic?" <laughs> anyway, sorry, this <laughs> little side note. <laughs> yeah. Why? So then they end up finding the box. Eugene's looking through it, finds his trophies, but then realizes he doesn't have a year. Like, and he apparently he won every year. Yeah. So then he's like, like, "What some, happened?" It was like some academic competition. So yeah, of course. And it was because he didn't get his chores done, and so they felt like it was um, more of a necessity to learn responsibility than to win another trophy. And then they kind of go. Well, maybe we should have let Hugh go. And Eugene's like, no. And then... I think that's it. Was that all in that scene? Well, I think so. Well, he basically just thanks them. Yeah. And then he's like, thanks for being patient with me. And they're like, we didn't need that much patience. We needed a dictionary, but not (laughs) patience. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Which... Okay. And And then... So that ends... Well, that would, it just makes me think of that earlier comment about we gotta get something out of this relationship. It's just really weird. 
Yeah, I think it was it was one of those like teasing but moments. It, but it sounded really mean. You know how many times it happens in our family with that level of Not to not to that yeah, degree. It, it has happened. But anyway. So I yeah. Anyway, so then he goes back to Wit's end. Yes. And he's talking to Wit. Mm-hmm. And is this like my favorite scene? Yeah. Okay. So this scene, I like, I don't tear up, but I like, I get to that point where I like, I could if I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I don't. Yeah. So anyway, where like Eugene's kind of, it, it's kind of like summing up the episode very well. Where he's... It's basically summing up the whole series. Yeah, where, like, he he's... How did he say it? He's like, I learned something about God's providence today. And Wick goes, what? And he, he goes, well, like, God gave me the father figure that I needed. Like, he had um, his his dad uh, in, to teach him... Um, about creativity and how to use his intellect. Yes, and then uh, the Burnettes to teach him about responsibility, and there was something else. And then, and then when he was, when he had, when he was like ready to become a man, he had wit. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> but it's actually one of my favorite scenes, and like it's, it really goes to show you how much of a father figure. Wit is to Eugene. Yeah. It's it's honestly up there with like the moment in Home Sweet Home where Connie finally gets to hug Wit hello and it's just like it's one of those scenes that I just I just melt every single time. So yeah, it is one of yeah. my favorite scenes. Yeah. And it's so true though, because I feel like, yeah, God does provide exactly what we need, even though we're like it doesn't look exactly how we thought it would. It is exactly what we need for that point in time. And it's just such a beautiful picture. Yeah. And then there is one more scene. Right. You can explain this one because I took the last one before. So, um, someone is talking to a person. (laughs) Wow, that sounds ominous. We're not supposed to know who it is. No, I know. But just the way you said that, we're like, you're like, someone is talking to another person. <laughs> so, no, but there's this guy we don't know. Talking and this other voice we don't know. Talking to this guy with an English accent. Yep. And Asking him, like, where he's... Where are you from? And he says, Africa. I spent, and you're like, what? <laughs> I, spent, I spent 20 years there being held hostage at, at an archaeological dig. And he's like... Oh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> You're like, no, I am telling He's you. Like, and then he says, you got a family? My wife died there. Any kids? No. No children. And we're like, no, you do. Which, as a kid, I did not figure out what that meant. Really? Like, like I I didn't think about the implications of that until part two of the time well, we were actually. Yeah, I know. We don't quite find out that part because because you're not really supposed to know who this is but you kind of figure it out though because you know no i know but then then he goes i look forward to getting to know you indeed and then that's it which is such a such a eugene line i know and so you can tell where he gets it from yeah so i'm like 
But as a kid, I didn't figure out when he said no children that didn't that didn't click. Yeah. Because I was like, and you're not supposed to know the other thing either. What other thing? The other thing. But that we don't find out till like top floor. Oh yeah, that thing. That thing. That completely pointless thing. Wait, what? No, wait. We can't talk about that right now. Okay. I'm confused. Okay. Anyway. The completely pointless... Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Maybe we'll talk off mic. Um, But for now, I think that's all we have for Dead Ends. I think it was a really good episode. I like how it kind of bridges the gap between... um, What's the one above it? (laughs) Prisoners of Fear. Thank you. Prisoners of Fear and Time for Action. Like, it's just... it's And it's also just a good episode with a good message behind it. And it makes me melt every single time. Any other thoughts? No. (laughs) Okay. Alright, let's move on to A Time for Action Parts 1 and 2. Alright, so our next review, A Time for Action Parts 1 and 2. So this one, I feel like the action kind of picks up a little bit because you get Eugene and Wick kind of running all over. Yeah, but first, Wick's talking to Grady at the beginning about, oh. about the adopted family thing. Yeah, which I think is really, it's a really, um, I like the, the, what do you call it? The B-plot? Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I, I liked how this was the B-plot and how they end up meeting. Anyway, so you get, yeah, Grady talking to Wit about the adoptive family. And yeah. then Grady gets all excited, like he wants to help out with this. And then, and then Eugene shows up and is like, what? I need to talk to you now. <laughs> and so he... You're like, oh boy. He he, he comes, he goes to wit. They, or they go into the kitchen or the office or something. I don't know. Wherever it is. But then they... <laughs> but Eugene shows him the beginner's guide to desire that he found in his parents' stuff. Right. Um... But which the later corrects that it's now the Congo, which is true. Yeah. Um, and so he, um, and he's like, why would my, I don't know why my parents would have had this. Because they knew everything about. They've been there many times. Yeah. Actually, he says in this scene that it's called the Congo. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, and then he's like, no, I, but then when I picked it up. This fell from its pages, and it's a train ticket. And you're like, what? And so, and then he he shows him a map that was in the book, in the yeah. back of the book. Yeah. When there and there's a circle in the middle of the jungle on the where map. it would have been the or the dig site where his parents were held hostage. Yeah. So then Eugene thinks that someone was planning and to rescue his a rescue parents. operation to yes like like that Leonard maybe uh, contacted someone to to get him out and then yeah. and then that he may have contacted the same person after he finally left Africa last year yeah so so they kind of go off of this and they decide to go to the train depot first. No, no, no. They can't no, no, because no. it's in Africa. Sorry. I no, meant... no. They don't go to the train depot. They go to the state department. To That's find, what it was. To find a passenger list for that train. Right. That's. Which, yeah. I don't really know what the state department does. 
but sure okay whatever that sounds good let's go there and then and so they go to chicago yep and of course wit knows people in chicago so he meets with they meet with diane Yep. Which, that is the actress's real name. I was thinking that, too. She's she's the one who works at the Welcome Center. And she has that, that like, short hair, and she appears yeah. and so oh, I love her. <laughs> yeah. She seems like she'd be such a good friend yeah. and give good hugs. So. You can just <laughs> tell that about someone. That's why she works at the Welcome Center. Oh, I love her. I, I, saw, this her. Re- I saw this really cute video once where she was talking about a Make-A-Wish thing Aww. on the podcast. Yeah. Where, where like, uh, Townsend Coleman came to do it. Nice. And, and the mom freaked out as much as the kid did. That would be me. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's you! Anyway. And I don't say that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we do this whole coded thing. Oh, I love it. And then I love how Eugene tries to, tries to sneak in, and it's just like, no. What? Like, no. you know those scenes where, like, two people are talking in code, or they're just talking in a way, and then someone comes in, and they, like, try and talk the same way, and then they both look at them like, what? What are you doing? You're nuts. And then so, they're like, really? So she leads them to the overseas archive. They look, they find the file for the train trip. They find the passenger list. They found the name. Michael Mushnick. And you're like, ooh, and it, I remember Eugene that says that's his mother's maiden name, but it was actually his grandmother's maiden name. So somebody made a goof. Yeah. Nathan Hoogler made a goof. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be We're going to call him out. <laughs> yeah, because he's listening to this. <laughs> um, yes, because, yeah, I was going to say, that didn't make sense listening to that. No, I was no, like, wait. wait. No, it's his grandmother's maiden name, because otherwise it would just be his uncle, not his great uncle. I know, that's and where also, I got but also, oh, actually, we'll get we'll get to that later. Okay. I was just thinking of a plot hole that this creates, but so anyway, so Michael Mushnick. So they're like, okay, where does this fit in? So and then they find because Eugene says he was staying with him before he went to his foster parents. Yeah. And then, but after that, because he were, was the because because Michael was the next. Of kin, so he would have. Well, had I, to. Think, I think. I uh, think. Anyway, yeah. Um, it's just weird because it seems like he would be. That would be the one that Leonard and Thelma left him with. But then in a new era, this is what I was gonna say, but then decided not to say. But then Thelma says that they're leaving him with Leonard's uncle in a new era. Huh. So I'm like, I am so confused. Yep. I am so freaking confused. And this is why I don't listen to that. I'm just joking. Anyway, um, so jumping back to a time for action. So then... Sorry, I said freaking... Meh. I just... Yeah, there could be worse things. Um, okay, so they find the train ticket. They find Michael the Mushnick's art- name. The article about the train crash. Right. And uh, then doesn't they... Don't don't they go talk to Go Beer? No, that's that's in cover of darkness. Oh. Now they go talk to the foster parents. Right, because then she she goes into that like, would you like spaghetti or tortellini? <laughs> uh, spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> marinara or Alfredo? Marinara. I'm like, Which, who says mar? Who says marinara like that? Marinara. 
Which I would go with Alfredo if I And I would to. go with tortellini. Who doesn't like a good tortellini? <laughs> and then I would definitely not do Alfredo because, I mean, I'm... I'm well, lactose intolerant, yeah, but, but say, I would go I'm with saying, marin- I'm saying in a marinara, <laughs> not marinara. I'm lactose intolerant too, but I'm saying in a perfect world, I would go with Alfredo. Oh yeah, no, in a perfect world, I would definitely go with Alfredo or like a mixture of both. That that's really or good. pesto. Pesto's good, <laughs> but tortellini. <laughs> Honestly, out of spaghetti or tortellini, heck, I'm going with tortellini. <laughs> Who goes with spaghetti if there's tortellini? And that was fantastic for <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's the little and things then, in life. And then, okay, so, but in the middle of this conversation, Maggie says that, um... Michael came no, up... No, first, first, before the whole pasta thing... <laughs> She says, "Sorry, we got ahead that, of ourselves." That the State Department mailed them his next of kin, or mailed him his thanks because Eugene was the next of kin. Is that where they find out? Oh yeah, because he would have died in and the then, right. And then, and then, and then, but then we find out that before he died, he came by the house. In right, the, in the he middle, wanted Eugene to in go the with middle him. of this whole past of thing. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, and <laughs> we won't go back into that. Yeah, and she finally says, after being like, "You seem agitated. I don't want to tell you." And they're like, "Tell us." Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, he wanted to take you with him, but he wouldn't tell us where he was going." So we Wait. said no. Don't they? Or does that not happen yet? No. What about? He doesn't take Eugene with him. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Doomstones. Not yet. Okay, okay. This episode, uh, though, right? Uh, no. Next episode. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, wait. Um, yeah. Next episode. Because they don't go to Connellsville until the next episode. Okay, anyway, continue. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, he wouldn't tell us where he was going, so we said no. Which, smart. Oh, yeah, of course. Otherwise, we would not have a Eugene Meltzer right now. <laughs> and that would be sad. So, either because of the train crash, or if the train crash had not happened, he would have been kidnapped. Okay, but you were getting ahead of ourselves here. Come on. Anywho. So, so, <laughs> so, it's interesting info, but they, they don't really know where to go from there. Yeah. Kind of like another dead end. But anyway... So then, oh, and then they find the thing on the, on the fax? Yeah, something, I don't really know how fax machines work. So, so I mean, it was during our time, but we didn't really. This has always confused So wait, where did they find the original fax, though? Uh, They found a fax. Somebody, they, around the world missions mailed them a copy of the original fax. And then they looked at but, it. But the but the number, the original fax is the only one that had the number that was actually sent from. From, yes. To around so the world then, missions. And then when they sent it to Eugene, the number was erased. Which I don't get that, but whatever. Well, I mean, no, I can kind of understand that. Because, like, you want to hide people's information. Especially or, if you're sending it out to people. So you just, like, white it out. I know I what d- I'm talking about. I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so then they're like, we... 
Why yep. didn't we think of this before? And, so then, and there's a Connell's, it's a Connellsville number. Yes. So then they go to Pete's Gats and Chow because that's where... No, the they, they call it first. Okay, fine. And they, they call and it then, first and then, and PJ, then they go. PJ's on the other end. Ah, uh, PJ. <laughs> Which, that PJ. Of all the characters to bring back. I know. It couldn't like, have been like Wooten because I feel like he just appears everywhere. No, it wouldn't have been. And so... And he's like, I need to get off, I need to get off the line. My girlfriend gets mad when she gets a busy signal. I'm like, I was like, well, maybe that's not a good girlfriend to have. I'm maybe like, you need to dump her. Well, why are you calling your girlfriend at work? I know, that's the other thing. I definitely was also thinking that too. But I was like, I'm sorry, if she gets mad because you're at work and you can't talk, <laughs> I think you need to dump her. <laughs> Something's not good here. And so they decide to go to Connellsville. Which I always thought, like, Pete's Gas and Chow was a chain. So how in the world did they figure out which piece of get Pete's Gas and Chow this was? Um, <laughs> I was literally going to say, well, if you look up the number, then you can actually tell which store it is. And then I realized that does not make any sense because this was... I mean, they could have Googled it, I guess. When did this one come out? 2006. Okay, yeah, so, yeah... Or maybe there's only one piece gas and chow and it's like on the way to Connellsville. No, it's, it's in Connellsville. Then why do you think it's a chain? Because I thought there was one in Odyssey. No, I think that's the one. Oh. Anyway. Well, that's... that's well, because I feel like Connellsville and Odyssey, they've got like a border. Like they're right next to each other. And then I feel like Pete's Gas and Chow is, like, just inside the Connellsville border. That's how I've always pictured it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway. So they go, and he's still on the phone with Adrian, his girlfriend. And then Eugene. He's like, Adrian, just a customer. Don't worry about it. I'm like, dude, that's your job. Get off the th- I wanted to fire him. I know I wasn't the boss, but I would have fired him. Um, but anyway, so then Eugene takes over the conversation and says, you sound like a lovely girl, goodbye, and, like, basically <laughs> hangs up on her. And, and he's then like, PJ's, that was long distance, he's freaking out. Like, and then Eugene's like, Eugene's like, I'll pay for you to call her back. And so then, um, they talk to PJ, and they get the information about who sent the facts. And he actually remembers this. Which I'm a little shocked, but okay. He, because a homeless guy sent a fax to another country. Oh, yeah, yeah, And But still, that would be like, what? I could remember that. I don't know about this guy. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> How can he remember that? But anyway, so then he describes him. And then, of course... No, first Eugene describes him. Oh, yeah. He Rugged and adventurous. He describes what his father looked like. Tall, slender, handsome no, man. No, no, my favorite is when Eugene's mm. like, wait, how would you describe him? Well, he looks just mm. like you. Right. So a tall, <laughs> slender, handsome man, rugged and adventurous, and it's like face palm. <laughs> he's like, really? Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Is what I think he says. Yeah. Well, bro, yes, I believe he does. And so then, and then PJ's like, nope, he was a little heavy set with like black, mm. Stringy hair. Long hair. Which I always pictured as curly, like, just hard. No, but didn't they say, like, dreadlocks? Oh, yeah. They said dreadlocks. Not in that scene, but in another scene. No, he said that in this scene. Oh, did he? Okay. But no, I remember it dreadlocks, because I was like, oh, that's a look. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
So then, because Wit knows everyone, <laughs> he... Well, no, but they're like, and he's like, let's go see if we can find him. But don't they go to... The homeless shelter, yeah. Which, of course, Wit knows the owner. Um, <laughs> shocker. And, well, actually not shocker, but, like, shocker. Anyway, so then they go, they talk to the guy, uh, who uncannily sounds like, um, which I know it's probably played by the same person, but Pole House. It is. Wait, yeah. Who will also play Leonard. Spoiler. Yeah. There's, there's, he plays a lot of characters. He plays two Leonards. That's true. <laughs> which oh, which so I totally, weird. yes. No, I definitely was thinking that too. Anyway. Which so is so weird. Anyway. Um, the, the, the homeless shelter guy, like the owner, he shows them where his bunk is. They find the blanket because in, um, with. No, first. No, no, no. First, they find him. Oh, right. And then they and chase then, him out the door. Because, because he's like, street. I gotta go. He's yeah. freaking out. Yeah. Which we find out later why. And then they run, they get to, the, they, they stop at the cemetery. And this is where. The, okay, that's, okay. That's what I was thinking. It was in this storyline. Because I was like, it doesn't make yes, sense. Yes, it to, is. But I was saying part But two. in the part two, that's right. Okay. So then they chase him to the cemetery. They lose him. But then as they're walking, Wit's like, wait, Eugene. And Eugene's like, yes, I already know. That's my grandfather's grave. Yeah, Don't worry uh-huh. about it. Mm-hmm. And Wit's <laughs> like, well, maybe you want to take a second look at this You might want to wipe your glasses off again. <laughs> and then you find out. That it's Eugene's grave. Which uh, wasn't Bernard and him having a conversation about this in Last in a Long Line. Yeah. About finding your name on a tombstone. Hmm. Anyway, so then, uh, then don't they also find, they, they, find, found, they find one for Thelma, which yes. doesn't make sense. Which you're kind of like, okay, what? Oh, and they happened? find one for an Everett That's, Milsner yes. as well, and they're like, what? They're like, <laughs> okay, we need to figure out what's and, going but, on here. And then they finally figure it out, they fi- but they figure out, after we come back from commercial break... <clears throat> That his fa- that Eugene's father must have been the one to put the tombstones up. Well, like he was the only one who knew that Thelma died. Yeah, and and he and he must have been the one to put Eugene's up because he thought he died in the train crash. Yeah, which is the reason why Eugene, why he hasn't been looking for Eugene because he thinks that he died. Yes. when he was seven. So then they go back to the homeless shelter. And find the blanket. Find the blanket, and then there's a name on it, which leads them to Grady. Grady's which, front which door. Which we pretty much ignored I know, the whole I know. subplot with him, but Grady's been trying to give a bunch of stuff away, and then he wants to give it before, to the homeless man. Before this, he gives it to the homeless man after his mom. No, but okay, so he tries to give a bunch of their stuff oh, away. Right. His mom's like, no. And then they including get, a bed. And then they get they get <laughs> I was laughing the, about. and the kitchen table. Right. Yes. And then they get the adoptive family box, which makes him mad because he's like, "We're one of the adopted families," because he wanted to be kind and give his stuff. Yeah. So then they decide to give five things away, which includes the blanket to and they, their homeless friend named Joel. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We know his name. We know yeah. his name by but now. But I don't know if Grady does. Yeah. He could have not introduced himself at all. Anyway. No, he definitely did because he, he, anyway. So then. They um, give him the stuff and that's, and Eugene and Wit find that out 
when they go talk to Grady. It's it's really funny. Grady's like, what are you doing with my blanket? His mom's like, Grady, don't be in play. He goes, what are you doing with my blanket? Please. <laughs> like, yes, because that makes it any better. And then... So uh, then they find out that the homeless guy, Joel... Yes, because he knows his name because he's going to introduce them at the... Um, he just calls end. him his... Fr- anyway, it doesn't really matter. But, so there's a dinner at Wit's End. Which they knew about, and but they hear from Grady, like, they tell, they tell Grady and his mom that, like... They need to find him. Because Where can they find him? And Grady's like, well, well he's he, going to be at the says, dinner. says, this is going to help me find my father. And, and of course, Grady's like, like, okay, I'm definitely helping you. Yeah, because his dad's gone. Not in the picture. Um. So then... He's like, yeah, I invited him to the dinner. And they're like, what? Like, they would have found him anyway? Okay. So, so then they have a conversation on the way. I don't really remember too much about this. So, so they're in the car, and yeah. Wit and Eugene are basically just talking about how, like, Eugene is wondering if he should have been investigating this at all, because he might not be able to find Joel, and Wit's like, well, God's in control, and, Amen. We, and we can't, we can't, no matter what we do, we can't ruin God's plans. Yep. Um, and then they get to Wit's end, or the dinners are, like... We we skip ahead. So, yeah, we, it kind of jumps ahead. We skip ahead a little bit. So Eugene and Wit are there, and they're like scanning the room for Joel. Um, and then doesn't Grady come up and say like he's over here? Yeah. So then Grady goes to introduce him, and then we get the surprise reveal of wait ooh, no no. Well, we gotta go through the conversation. Okay, so go for it. So Joel, Joel says, um, she's like, uh, he says to Grady, oh yeah, I remember, you gave me the blanket. And, and he's like, that's very kind of you. And it's like, my friend wants to talk to you. So then he comes, Eugene comes over. Mm-hmm. And after Grady shouts across the room, it's okay, you can come <laughs> over! <laughs> like, alright. And... He's, and Joel says, greetings. And she's like, oh, yeah, greetings. Um, You don't know me. Good heavens, you look like somebody I once knew many years ago. Yes, Leonard Meltzer, son's mustache, of course. You know the Meltzers. You can say that being one of the last in the long line. You can't hear me, but I'm literally laughing so hard back here. Continue. <laughs> And he's like, my name is Eugene Metzler. He's like, what? Eugene? Um, you can't be Eugene. He's like, I'm trying, but to, I am. I'm trying to find my father. Until recently, I assumed he was dead, and I believe he thinks the same of me. Do you know my father? I do. Do you know where he is? Please, I've been searching and searching. And you goes, don't have to search anymore. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm then, your father. <laughs> Da, da, da. No, he goes, I'm your father. I'm, I'm Leonard Meltzner. And that's when he find. that's when his voice finally changes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was quite the end <laughs> to an album when we first heard it. I love that you could quote that entire scene. <laughs> Actually, why am I not surprised? I'm pretty sure you could quote um, for the fun of it <laughs> in, in its entirety. Yeah. Like, we should almost have... <laughs> 
side note. Okay, if you guys would want to do this, please let me know. But I think it'd be hilarious if we got um Emily to, like, quote for the fun of it from beginning to end with, like, different voices and stuff. I can't do voices. You no. can do voices. No, I can't do voices. You can. Well, I can do the accent. Anyway, so if you guys want to hear that, please let me know. Um, Yeah. So anyway, that's it. That's so, yeah, that was quite an ending to an album at the time. For oh, sure. yeah, because then we'd like, have to wait for how many months to hear the next part? But we knew that he was alive. Like, we knew that he was there, and I'm like, what? So why is he in hiding, and why are we, you know, like, what's going to happen next? And... But I think I was also just really happy. Yeah, that too. Also, yeah. what a reveal! I mean, come on. I did not see that coming the first time I heard that. No, I didn't either. At all. But I have to say, when he says, I am your father, I'm like, this is so much better than the Star Wars reveal. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Controversial topic. <laughs> I don't really watch Star Wars. I know. I tried to watch 20 minutes of one movie and I was like, no. Okay, no, no. But the fact that like I knew it was going to happen the first time I watched Star Wars, that... Darth Vader was Luke's father. <gasps> Spoiler alert. Well, that's a that's like a pop culture. <laughs> By thing. then, the fact that I listened to this and had no idea, and Leonard said, "I am your father. I'm Leonard Meltzner," and then you're like, "What? Did not see that coming." That was more of a shock. So I think yeah. it's like so much better than Star Wars. Just say. Yeah, that line. I am your father. Because nobody is gonna turn this into a pop culture meme. No. Which is sad. I think there should be a lot of, like, memes. Well, there are memes of Odyssey. But anyway. Okay. (laughs) We just went on a rabbit trail. Alright. Sounds good. That's everything we want to say about it? Yeah. Cool. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we'll be reviewing Cover of Darkness and The Undeniable Truth. If you have any trivia questions for us, you can email them to Northern Odysseans. O D Y S I A N S. At gmail.com. Thank you for joining us on the Northern side of the radio. I'm Amy. I'm Emily. Keep, Keep listening. listening.